I know firsthand that when you're raising a challenging, reactive or aggressive dog, that life isn't all unicorns and rainbows. But I also know that it helps to hear other people's stories. My name is Kaisa van Overbeek, and on this podcast, we share stories of the force-free training journeys of amazing dogs who are just a little rough around the edges. Welcome to the first bonus episode of the Rough Around the Edges podcast. What it originally started out as was kind of an online support platform for us guardians of slightly more challenging dogs to see that we're not alone, to see that it's all normal that we're going through. And what I want to do with these bonus episodes is basically use some of the tools that I use in my life coaching practice, explain them a little bit, talk about them a little bit, and see if I can provide you with a little more active support rather than passive, Um, give you some tips, some background information, and see if that works. So let me know afterwards if this was beneficial if this was something you want to hear more of i'm open to suggestions um you know anytime i'm raising my voice at him it could be seen as aversive and certainly there have been times that i've been frustrated with him and i probably you know treated him in a way that i wish i hadn't um but all of my intentional training has been forced free and positive reinforcement So the soundbite I just played was from the third episode and it was Alyssa talking about her life with her dog Bodhi. And I picked that soundbite because it depicts the interaction between feelings and actions perfectly. Feeling frustrated and as a result not treating your dog the way you would like. Feelings drive all of our actions. And I want to talk about both feelings and actions separately, starting with feelings. And for now, I just want to stick with the emotion mentioned by Alyssa, which is frustration. Frustration is an emotion, a feeling, literally. That means that you should be able to pinpoint it in your body and describe what it feels like. And so I want you to ask yourself what it feels like to be frustrated for you. And if you've never done this before, it might not come to you that easily. And probably the first thing you're going to want to do is go, well, like, I don't know, it's just like, I just start thinking about this and then, well, I kind of don't do that or I do that. Um, you are going to give me a narrative, not what I'm looking for. I want to hear what it feels like for you. And this could be something like, it feels like an internal cringing or my arms muscles tensing or my 
midriff seizing up a little bit. I can't really breathe. I feel tightening of my stomach muscles. Something like that. Try and see if you can really identify and feel frustration. Close your eyes if that makes it easier for you. So why is being able to pinpoint and describe frustration or emotions in general important? And the short answer I've given already is because our emotions determine everything we do. Our feelings, our emotions determine our actions. That means that if we want to change our actions, course correct in some way. So if like in Alyssa's case, she wants to react differently to her dog in a better way, then we have to tackle the emotion of frustration first. Because it's that frustration that's making us or her (laughs) behave in a way we don't or she doesn't want to. Um, And another aspect is that we can look at emotions and use them kind of as a barometer for how we're doing. When we know what to look for, rather feel for, when we can tap into how a certain emotion feels into our body, we can be our own watchdog and alert ourselves to when it's time to start paying attention because something apparently isn't going right. Um, Brene Brown in one of her books very eloquently likens using emotions like this to them being the proverbial canary in the coal mine, warning us that something's up. Just as an example that's not frustration related, Brene writes in one of her books that resentment is her canary in the coal mine. She knows that when she feels resentment that that's a clue for her that there's a boundary that she hasn't set correctly or one that she's inadvertently crossed, not upheld. Um, Because think of it, like when you do something you really don't want to do, that's usually when you feel resentment. So that probably means that you caved to maybe a request that you didn't really want to fulfill because you needed free time, time off. But you decided to go ahead and do whatever it was that you needed to do anyway. And now you're like, oh, you're making me do this. I just, I, I didn't feel like doing this. And now I'm doing this and oh, didn't want to. What it actually means is that you didn't say no when you should have. So if you can start to recognize when you're feeling resentful, you can also then start to recognize when it's important to say no And you can prevent repeat occurrences. So again, another reason why being able to tune into your emotions, really feel them and identify them is so important. And I think it's kind of part of today's society maybe, or it definitely used to be part of the way I saw the world with my very engineering brain, that I was like, oh, emotions, they're just overrated. We just should do rational stuff, think everything through pros, cons, make a list, go. I honestly never realized how important emotions are. They drive everything that we do. So when we ignore them or push them down, it's almost like we're on a ship that we're not steering, that we're not controlling. I mean, we think we are, which is even more dangerous. We think we are controlling it, 
we are under the assumption, but in reality, we're not because we're not even aware of what emotions are playing up for us. And so how do we know what to change if we don't even know whether we're acting out of anger or spite or sadness or guilt, disappointment? If like, if we can't distinguish between those emotions, how can we discern the cause and how can we course correct? But wait, <laughs> there's more. There's not just that. Um, other studies have shown, for example, that if we're able to recognize and name emotions, that they take less of a hold on us and they're easier to process. We actually gain more control over our lives. And this is something that a lot of people are very reluctant to do, to give in to their emotions, which is truly the first step to processing them. Um, it's like, I'm angry, but I don't want to feel angry right now. Like, anger is just not welcome. Let me just, I don't know, watch Netflix. That's somehow always the example that comes up. Um, but it's like, I will do just about anything but feel the anger. And what happens when you don't want to feel something, when you push it down, is the equivalent to what happens to your dog when they're trigger stacking. When you don't process your emotions, they linger and all the stress that comes with it, it stacks, it adds up. And at one point, either, you know, your emotions will decide to rear their ugly faces at the most inopportune moment, or they will affect your health in some way. The um, Nagoski sisters, um, for example, in their book, burnout, which I highly recommend, call this not completing your stress cycle. It's like filling up your cup till it overflows. That's what Alyssa also talked about in this same third episode. So you better get at identifying the emotions in your body. That way, the better you set yourself up to be able to handle them and to drain your cup before it overflows, you know, before you get that reaction after you've been trigger stacked like your dog. It will even improve your relationships. For example, say something happened um, at work. Again, this is a non-dog related example. Your boss was annoying and you didn't process whatever emotions came up for you and now you're home and your kid's they need you for a couple of things and your dog's being a little barky and more attention seeking, but in general, all normal, really. And then you snap at them and you're less patient with your dog because you're angry and you didn't deal with your angry and you just take it out on them. It's you reacting to your anger, acting out rather than processing your anger. So all of that, if that's not enough, there's another thing related to improving relationships that um, research that Brene Brown has been doing has shown. And that is that it's very important to be able to recognize our own emotions in order to be able to empathize with others. And that makes sense to me as well, because if we can't recognize the emotions in ourselves and if we can't distinguish between 
the one emotion and the subtly different other emotion in ourselves, then how can we be expected to do that in other people? Like, How can we expect to be able to empathize with them? All right, that was the first part. The second part was what you do. And I hope I, I kind of talked about it before already. And I explained that how we feel our emotions, that they impact precisely that, what we do. Um, so consider when you feel that feeling of frustration, we're now back to our original feeling, the one from the soundbite, what do you do? Do you lose your temper? Do you lash out? Well, I guess that's probably the same thing twice. But um, are you being unfriendly towards your dog? Do you have maybe less time? Or do you have difficulties focusing on your work because that frustration just keeps bubbling up? Do you react negatively to your dog because you're like, oh my gosh, you just made me do that? Um, do you also, like I talked about before, because you were frustrated, lash out at your family members, even though you had nothing to do with the situation? And sort of do you just end up thinking, well, screw everything, just I'm going to throw in a towel, right? And then on top of that, compounding all of that might even be now that you start feeling resentment towards your dog because they are now being blamed for influencing the family dynamic and making it a mess. Like, if it weren't for that dog, we would all be happier. That dog is making our lives miserable. All of that comes from that emotion of frustration. So I hope I've convinced you of the importance of feeling emotions and being able to identify them all. But you're probably going to go like, okay, great. Perfect. But how do I change these things? And well, that's where you ask yourself the question, where is this frustration or whatever the other emotion is, but we're going to stick to frustration for now coming from what's the reason what am I thinking that has me this frustrated in this situation? And what you will come up with probably will either be a question or a statement. And what I recommend is that if you end up with a question, you try and turn it around and make it into a statement. And what I mean by that, I'll explain to you now. So a statement would be like, okay, I'm frustrated because what I'm thinking is, oh my gosh, you have seen 1,000 bikes pass by now. We've been trying this forever, and now you just launched at another one. You should be able to do this already. And by questions, I mean, for example, something like, why can't you just not bark at the mailman? If you were to turn that question into a statement, it would probably be something along the lines of, I wish you would just stop barking at the mailman. Actually, I just always want to go with the Australian word now since I talked to, to Kate on the po po on the podcast, which is posty. And I love like how she said that in the Australian accent. So I think we should, you know, go call the mailman's posties or something. Sorry, got sidetracked. Um, so once you figure it out and really take notice of what it is that you're thinking, then you can kind of start finding workarounds. And those workarounds can either take the form of 
just looking at the situation differently. So thinking about it differently, changing your thoughts, or it can take the form of changing the situation. So you don't have to think the thoughts that are causing you frustration. Is the rest of your walk different when you think, okay, I guess bikes aren't your thing. Rather than when you think, oh my God, you should have been able to do this already. Can you be more relaxed? Can you be more present for the rest of your your walk? Can you enjoy it more? Right? So that's an example of changing... I almost want to say how you feel about the situation, but I'm purposely not saying that because I really want to reserve the word feel for emotions. But it's changing what you believe the situation to mean. So what about when you can't just change how you feel about the lunging at the bikes right now? So then your other option if you don't want to end up feeling frustrated and getting the compounded effect of lashing out at other people and possibly making your dog responsible for everything that's wrong in your life, see if it's possible to change the situation. Meaning, can I walk my dog where there aren't so many bikes? Can I drive my dog somewhere where the chance of a bike encounter is significantly reduced? That would be option number two. And it can make life so much easier if you can get clear on all of this. And the first step, we're circling back to the beginning, is truly tuning in to your emotions. Feeling them, being able to describe that. And if you're having difficulties with naming the emotions... I highly recommend as a start that you Google feelings wheel and see what comes up. There's quite a different, sorry, there's quite a couple of different ones, but they're a good start to being able to name more than angry, happy, and sad, for example. So do that. Here's a final soundbite from the same episode, episode three. Yeah, I have started to try to be a lot more cautious of that. Like, if I'm not in the mindset to take him out, I just try not to do it. There are occasions where he has to go out because I have to get somewhere and I know he has to relieve himself first. But I really try not to take him out on a walk unless I'm, like, prepared to be patient and present. (laughs) That's a perfect example of how being in tune with your emotions and then course correcting in this case in the form of deciding not to take your dog out as a result can benefit you and the relationship with your dog that's what i have for you today let me know if any of this was helpful and if you would like me to intersperse more of these bonus episodes have a great day hug your dog unless they don't like hugging of course talk to you next time You can find a link to the website with the show notes through either Instagram at the Russ Cattle Dog or through our Facebook group with the same name as the podcast, Rough Around the Edges. 
If you would like to come on the show and share your story with us, then you can also contact me through either of these channels. And last but not least, if you like listening to this podcast, then maybe consider leaving us a review on iTunes, Spotify, or any of the other platforms that you may be listening to this podcast on, because they help us get found in the listings, allowing us to reach more people and help them feel less alone.